Today's episode is brought to you by Forte Catholic, a weekly Catholic comedy podcast hosted by Taylor Schroll with his co-hosts, Father Anthony Sharapa, Jonathan Blevins, Allison Sullivan, and Liv Harrison. Think of it like youth group, but for adults. You can have a blast while growing in your faith. Subscribe today on YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our link is down in the show notes, fortecatholic.com slash podcast home. I'm Katie Prejean McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. I guess it was last year, maybe the year before, although that was the pandemic year. So it was definitely last year. I found myself standing in Home Goods, of course, the store with the home decor that you probably don't need but desperately want, searching for Easter stuff, something for my dining room table, maybe uh, some, some sort of garland for the mantle, perhaps a wreath for the front door, things that could decorate my home for the Easter season. And I'm standing there a couple of weeks before Easter, so still very much in the Lenten season, and I couldn't find much of anything. So I stopped an employee and asked, where's the Easter decor? And she looked at me, and, and I kid you not, she said, oh, honey, we put that away weeks ago. It's time for July 4th. And my heart sank because I realized that the rest of the world had not been celebrating Lent, but was instead already jumping into the Easter season. In fact, quite a few places in town had already had Easter egg hunts and photos with the Easter bunny. And here I was still very much in Lent looking for things to decorate my home for the Easter that was to come that certainly wasn't here yet. I remember that conversation as vividly as I do. And it came back to the front of my mind after this conversation I had today with Sister Miriam James Heidland about celebrating the Easter season, because she brings up in today's conversation, and I noticed it last year, and I've seen it many, many times since, that we as a society, we as a culture, we tend to rush to the next thing rather than sitting in the present moment. And we do this with Easter especially. You know, we celebrate Christmas the weeks leading up to Christmas. And so by the time we actually get to Christmas Day, everybody's kind of worn out and we throw our trees to the street on December the 26th. And and the same thing tends to kind of happen with Easter as well. We put out all of the spring decor. We do all the fun Eastery things long before Jesus has even died on the cross, at least our commemoration of it on Good Friday. And so by the time we arrive at Easter Sunday, even though as Catholics we're called to celebrate it for 50 days... We just kind of blow through it and just carry on with our lives as opposed to resting in the joy of Christ's resurrection in this Easter season. How we rest in that joy, how we have found restoration in Lent and then live that restoration in Easter is the topic of today's conversation. Sister Miriam James and I sat down at the beginning of Holy Week to talk about what Easter can be, what it should be and what it can be for you and for me after we've gone through this process of healing, of working on our hearts, of working on ourselves. It's an excellent conversation and, and a perfect way to round out our entire Lenten series, digging into her book, Restore. Now, I want to make one point very clear. Here at Ave Explorers, we keep everything up long after it's done. We, we could go back and listen to our first season of Ave Explorers right now on the Ave Explorers podcasting feed. You could find it on our website. So the conversations that we had this whole season, are still available. You can find them at AveMariaPress.com. You can just scroll down in your podcast app and find the conversations that we reference in her and I's chat today. If the work that you did this Lent feels incomplete, if there's still things that you need to dig into, please go back and listen to these episodes. Go find all of the stuff we created over on the Ave Maria Press Instagram page. It's all there for you. This whole Ave Explorers project is to create excellent things for faithful men and women who long to live their faith in the day-to-day. -day. 
and we are proud of what we've created and we hope you take advantage of it. So find it all at our website, over on our social media pages. It's all linked down in the show notes. But right now, we want you to sit back and enjoy this conversation with Sister Miriam James Heidland about Easter and restoration. Well, Sister Miriam James, welcome back to Ave Explorers. Yay. Hi, Katie. Happy Easter to you. Yeah. Happy Easter to you. I feel like we've spent a lot of time together this Lent. We've had Instagram lives. You've had these podcast <laughs> conversations. How was Lent? How was Holy Week in the big grand scheme of things for you? Well, yeah, you and I have seen each other very often in different digital formats. Yeah. Lent was really purifying for me. I was gone on the road a lot. So that's part of it. I was just a lot of events for Lent, which are all wonderful, but they're also a deep, you know, sacrifice in many regards. And I went for a long walk yesterday. I finally came back to Texas and I was going for a long walk yesterday. I was thinking of myself on Ash Wednesday and then myself now, and just all the things that I'd offered to the Lord for this season of Lent. And I just see one part of my heart that's been deeply purified, but not in the way that I thought. It was very Mm -hmm. interesting of like, the Lord certainly took that part of my heart in in concern for his, and he spoke to it the entire Lent. But I I look at now at the deeper healing I've had, but it's not in the way that I thought. And I was like, oh, that's just so good. You know how the Lord does that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he surprises us if we let him. Like sometimes yeah. we, we talked about this in the very first podcast. We go into Lent with our fists clenched and yes. this desire to control. And gradually, I feel like Lent is often just the loosening of the grip so that mm-hmm. Jesus can hold the heart rather than we hold it back. So oh, that's a good word. Mm-hmm. if we've gone through this healing process, we, we talked about the desert in the very first few weeks of this. And Father John kind of led us into the desert as a place of chaos but in that chaos, there's a an ordering that happens when we enter into the relationship with Christ. And so then we started going through the, that's where things get revealed to us. We, we dug into all of this healing that we're all working through. Dr. Bob Schutz said something in one of our podcasts about how if healing is a process, that it's not something that just happens passively. It's something that we have to actively engage in, which is a little terrifying and scary to hear. But now we've we've arrived at the end. We're on Easter Sunday. If we really invested in Holy Week, if we really invested in the Triduum, sometimes it kind of feels like we've been building, building, building. And it's like, yay, Jesus is back. The tomb is empty. Now what? Like, I've done all this work. I unclenched my fists. Jesus did all this stuff, hopefully. But now what do I do? And and we just kind of, we almost stall out. Can, can you speak mm-hmm. to that stalling out that sometimes happens at this Easter moment? That's a great point, Katie. And I think a lot of people aren't, aren't able to articulate it as well as you just did. And that is true. It's like we we build up to this moment and then, you know, we celebrate the Easter vigil or we celebrate, of course, Easter Sunday, whatever, you know, whatever format that is. And we have the dinner and we eat hunt Easter eggs and we eat chocolate and we, you know, celebrate with family. And then Monday comes around. We're like, well, what now? I'm it's still my same family. <laughs> it's still I'm the same person. I still have to go back to the same job. So what is what is different? And I think part of understanding that just the way the church celebrates is very different than the world celebrates. Like you know, if you go to the grocery store, they're putting out the next holiday before the, even the other holidays finished yet. So if you, now they're preparing for like summer, you know, it's like all the summer yeah. stuff out, like Easter's over. And so many times we celebrate it like that in our heart. So first and foremost, to understand that Easter is an octave, that mm. Easter is an octave. It is eight days of solemn high masses, for example, every day for eight days, it's an octave. It's divine mercy Sunday, the, the Sunday after, after Easter, And then there's 50 days of celebrating before the coming of the Holy Spirit. So I think understanding how the church celebrates, which is one of the reasons why we fast, because it's when we learn how to fast, we learn how to feast. You know, as Jesus says, don't throw your pearls before swine. And it's kind of like, you know, sometimes people make flipping comments of like, if you don't say, for example, just like in the, in the food world, 
you know, if you don't have a refined palate, why would you spend $300 on an entree at some French restaurant? Because you don't appreciate it anyway. And it's like appreciating what does it mean to fast? So then I can feast. So then I can feast like, this is the grace of God. Like this is what the Lord is doing in my life and taking in, in our hearts, all the things that he showed us during Lent so that he can be able to bring them into beauty for Easter. So like you were saying, Dr. Bob was like, it's like, it's a cooperation of grace, but understanding that the church does not celebrate Easter or Christmas the way the world celebrates it. I think that's a mm-hmm. huge shift for us. Yeah. You mentioned getting ready for the next holiday. It was just this morning. I opened up my email and it was a Burt's Bees baby email about July 4th pajamas. And I thought for a second, I was like, okay, wait, how? Yeah, I guess I need to order those now. Like you have to pre-order all these things. I think about that Uh during October and November when it comes time for Christmas, but Mm -hmm. it made me kind of like viscerally angry for a second because we've had a very Lenty Lent. Tommy's grandfather just passed away. Our Holy Week has been mourning and like solo parenting and trying to juggle all these things. So like we've arrived at Easter. I'm like, oh, thank God. Like now there's a moment to breathe and there's a moment to celebrate. And the world wants me to look to watermelon and bounce houses and sprinklers and hot dog grills. And and like, I'm fine with that. But like right now, I just kind of want to celebrate Jesus walking out of the tomb. I want my Mary Magdalene moment in the garden mm-hmm. and I don't want to be rushed to the next thing. Mm-hmm. So we want that in theory. We know that that's something that we have to fight against in the world. We've been very practical this Lent. Your book was incredibly detailed in, think about this take this moment to ponder this particular sentence. What are some practicals in that? How do I lean into the joy of this resurrection? Because we know mm-hmm. Jesus is risen, mm-hmm. like intellectually, in the same way that like, I know he died and he suffered. And so I want to enter into that suffering. How do I enter into the rejoicing? How do I actually mm-hmm. take the time to live this feast? Mm-hmm. Well, part of it is really honestly recounting the graces Even brain science shows that anything that you're actively grateful for, it actually augments that particular part of your brain and that memory. And so even so, that's one of the things when I was writing this book, and at the very end, the last reflection is actually for us on the journey. And I just say, I would like to invite you to take time and particularly note the graces Jesus gave you during this Lent and how he wants you to continue on this path. And so I, I just want to invite people sometime this week during Holy Week, don't let this week, like you said, Katie, you don't have to move on to July 4th. Like you, right. girl, you stay in the garden. Like you let him <laughs> talk to you, let him and recount the graces, even through the sufferings, like recount the graces, get a journal out and write them down. Like share, if you've been journal, if you've been journeying through Lent with a group, have a final wrap up for Easter mm-hmm. or keep going and talk about the graces because when we actually list those joyful mysteries and those glorious mysteries and those luminous mysteries, those are graces that keep going and we continue to grow into them. So part of it is just really honestly not being consumers and moving on to the next thing like the world, but let's let's just sit with the Lord. Like let's read the readings for Easter vigil or for the Easter octave. Like it's mm-hmm. all the resurrection accounts and it just... There's so much beauty there that we can enter into. And I think, you know, sometimes we have to make like anything else in like acts of faith or acts of hope. And and when those similar temptations come back around to, to criticize or to judge or to all the things we work through, like, like you know what, know what, Jesus, you're here with me. And I'm going to choose, even though I don't feel like it right now, I'm going to choose to praise you. I'm going to mm-hmm. choose to give thanks for my spouse or my kids or right now they're driving me crazy. I'm seriously going to choose. Yes, I, I'm going to choose your grace. And it's th- many times those small things, those small shifts that help us encounter the joy of the Lord, because the Lord's not asking to get rid of either one. And, and I, I agree with you. Sometimes we don't know how to feast well. We, we don't know how to, it's, it's interesting how we're like that. We were so lucky this season 
to have so many excellent guests. I hope that you enjoy this conversation that we are having with Sister Miriam James. We'll be back to it in just a moment. But not only were we lucky to have such wonderful and amazing guests, but we were so lucky to have an excellent partner in our sponsor this season, Sock Religious. I'm good friends with the people who are, are the brains of the operation at Sock Religious, the guys, the women, the excellent folks who have created amazing things that you can wear, that you can drink out of, that you can talk about in your everyday life. Sock Religious is at the forefront of creating amazing things. Everything from t-shirts and socks, coffee cups, fun things for your kids. You can find it all at SockReligious.com. Use code AVE10 for a discount. You know, sometimes during podcasts, people will fast forward the advertisements. I know I sometimes do. Maybe you have. Maybe you're like hitting that that jump 15 second button because you're trying to get back to our conversation. But just stay with me for one second. What Scott Williams and his wife, Elizabeth, and the amazing folks at Sock Religious are building is a Catholic company that is longing to create amazing things that you and I can not only purchase, but then can share with the world. Just the other day, I was wearing a pair of socks that had St. Joan of Arc on them. Now it was warm outside. I was in my front yard gardening with my husband and I had socks on with shorts. Yes, it looked about as absurd as you think it did. And of all people, my neighbor across the street walked over and was chatting with Tommy and she noticed my socks and she said, what are those? And I said, oh, these are sock religious socks. And I told her a little bit about the company. It was a live action podcasting ad and she laughed. She's not Catholic. And she said, do they have like Jesus socks? And I said, yeah. So I sent her the link to the Easter socks and right there in front of me using code Ave 10, she went and bought pairs for all of her kids in their Easter baskets. It was a conversation that started because of something fun that I was wearing, and she was exposed to some amazing things that are happening in the life of the church, supported an excellent Catholic company, and so can you. Find all of their stuff at SockReligious.com. We're so glad they partnered with us this season as our sponsor. All right, back to the conversation with Sister Miriam James Heidland. I lamented this at the beginning of Lent. It was really hard for me to decorate my house for the Lenten season. It was mm. so much easier to just go buy bunnies and all sorts of carrot yeah. things and like immediate. And, and I was very intentional about, no, we will have purple. We will have darkness. We will embrace the cross and then turn it all over on Holy Saturday. And our kids are going to wake up on Easter Sunday morning and it's it's going to look different. Love but then it. I hate to say, but like the thought crossed my mind. Okay, but I got to keep this stuff up for 50 days. Like the thought crossed my mind that like mm. I kept the Lent stuff up for 40. I'm from Louisiana. We know how to party before Lent, but it's like partying after Lent. Almost oh. seems like, okay, can we just hurry up and get to ordinary time? Like, can we get back to the routine? And the church doesn't want us to just rush back to routine. Like this was something that altered human history, the death, of course, but then the resurrection, like it could have just been a death. He's in the tomb. Like that's the end of it. Live in the suffering, but like we're mm -hmm. called, what is John Paul II's line? We are an Easter people and mm -hmm. hallelujah is our song. And if I'm not going to continue singing it, then I hate to say, what's the point? Cause obviously there's a point, but if I'm not going to lean into that, then I, I'm not fully experiencing it. You talked about how all the readings this coming week are the resurrection narratives and these moments where Jesus, Tommy calls him ninja Jesus. Like he appears and then he disappears. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it feels like that in our Easter season, right? Like yeah. Jesus was with me during all of this Lent, but now he's resurrected. How do I find him? How do I make the time to continue walking into that garden or to continue reminding myself of that empty tomb. How do y'all like to celebrate Easter in your religious community? Or what did you do in your family growing up? What does Easter look like in your practical celebration? Mm -hmm. Well, I just want to hearken back to what you just said. I, I think yeah. I love your honesty because we don't, most of us don't know that the Easter season, including Pentecost is longer than Lent. Yes. And it's true. We don't, it's like, we don't know what to do many times with 
joy. Like we don't know what to do with the ways that Jesus comes to us that we don't, it's just, I I just want to ask people to press into that because that is so true. And I think Mm -hmm. that's part of the reason why we end up living the way we live, because we don't really know what does that mean? Like, what does it even mean to do that? And so we're so comfortable with our own lives. It's like, what does it mean to live differently? What does it mean to live into the resurrection of taking into account everything? And, and I think like part of what we're celebrating this Easter and what we do as a community, I mean, obviously Holy Week is very special week. It's very quiet week. And as we celebrate the Triduum, and we also have like a huge community gathering on Easter Sunday and we all get together and, and then, you know, it's, we go to daily mass. So we celebrate the octave and it's like the octave of Easter every day. And then it moves mm-hmm. into the resurrection narrative. And so, and then you're doing the divine mercy novena and you're preparing for divine mercy Sunday. And then you're looking forward to Pentecost. And so for us, like, I'm grateful for that because even the liturgy of the hours is in the Easter. It's like everything is in your face is about Easter and our chapels decorated the entire Easter with Easter lilies or, you know, white and gold and just the beauty. So I think making things beautiful and, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's one thing the octave is different than the rest, but it's like, I think we need those tangible reminders. Even if you have a sign from Hobby Lobby that says he has risen, just leave <laughs> it out and leave it out where you put your shoes on and where you grab your keys to go out the door every day, because it will remind you when we forget like, oh yeah, that's true. Like this is not the end of my story. Like Lent was not, that's not the whole story. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. But you know, my spiritual director says all suffering and sorrow has an expiration date, but love never does like love mm-hmm. is eternal. And that's, what's most true. And I think the shift from living into that versus the other way. Oh gosh, that's good. Every Holy week, I read Joseph Ratzinger, Pope Benedict the 16th, Jesus of Nazareth for the Holy week. Yes which is an intense theological read, but it's always well worth it, even if it's just a few pages a day. And I'm going to get it wrong. I'll have to go back and clarify in the intro and outro. So forgive me to folks who are listening to the live recording, but because the book is still in my car, but he was talking about how Christ saying, I will love you to the end. Doesn't mean like there's an expiration date on his love. It's that Mm -hmm. there's a complete changing of our understanding of love, which is that there is no completion to it. There is no end to it. So so the phrase, love you to the end, our assumption is, oh, until the end of his suffering, like until the end of the cross, and then he's going to be dead. And then the love is done. And it's like, no, no, no. Like he's basically adding an ellipsis to our existence, not a period and saying that it's just going to keep going. Like it's a phrase that never completes itself. And I was sitting in Adoration Chapel reading it this morning and I was just looking at it like, huh, I've read this every year since college. And it's like, I've never thought of it in that way. And then you just said that about, I'm not going to say it's an infinite thing because like, obviously there's an end to our Easter season. We celebrate Pentecost, happy birthday to the church, but it's more of a, like it launches us into the rest of the year. Lent got us to the celebration. The celebration is supposed to be what leads us into that ordinary time. And then eventually we're back into Advent and we we repeat it again next year. Speaking of not to like jump ahead, because we have so much, but you are writing the Advent book for us for the next round of these reflections. Can you give us a little bit of a teaser on, on what we can expect in much, much longer? We're not trying to rush people through Easter, but just so that <laughs> folks know that there's a lot more of this healing work that you're going to be guiding us through. Yeah. So what we did is, so this last Advent, so Advent of, what is it? 2021, Father John wrote the book Adore. Mm-hmm. And then for this 2022, I wrote the Lent uh, Restore. And then, so what we're going to do is we're actually going to trade. So in Advent of 2022, I'm going to write the Advent version. And then in Lent of 2023, Father John's going to write the Lenten journey. So it'll be like a trading off of just Mm -hmm. like a little complete set there. I'm going to talk more about healing. And what I can tell you is I prayed about it. I'm really going to talk about healing in the family. So Mm -hmm. healing with mom, healing with dad and healing as a child and with children and healing as Mm -hmm. a family. So 
I think it's going to be a very deep dive into how the places we're all children and we all have a mom, we all have a dad. And some of us are moms and dads, either biologically or spiritually. And just the healing that the Holy Family gives us hope about healing in our most primal relationships with mom and dad and child. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't wait for that. That's so good. Sister, where can we follow you? Where can we see more of the stuff that you're creating and uh, and listen to you? Because you've got a podcast too. Yeah. So you can find us. I have a podcast with my two dear friends called Abiding Together. So you can find us on any podcast hosting site, Spotify, iTunes, Abiding Together podcast is our website. You can find my religious community at salt.net, S-O-L-T.net. And you can find me on Twitter at One Groovy Nun. Yeah. Awesome. Happy Easter, sister. Thanks for taking the time. Happy Easter, dear friend. God bless you. At the very beginning of our Lenten podcasting series and creating all the things that we created for you, in this Lenten series, Walking Through Restore by Sister Miriam James, I was struck by one consistent theme in all of our conversations. And if you go back and listen to all of the podcasts, you'll hear this from every single guest, that healing and restoration of our hearts is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen automatically. It often happens with quite a few tears and some wailing and gnashing of teeth and, and a little bit of pain. But that we don't just sit in that pain, like Sister just said in the conversation, there is an end date to our suffering and our sadness. There is a finality to it. And yet there's an endless understanding of God's restorative love for us. If any of this benefited you over the past few weeks, if reading Restore, if listening to the podcast, if watching our Instagram lives, if any of that benefited you, click on over to AveMariaPress.com. We'd love it if you'd subscribe. We have so many amazing things that we are creating. We'd love it if you would subscribe so that you can get those things into your inbox every single week that we have new episodes and new Instagram conversations. We're so glad that you journeyed with us. Such great work has been done and there's much more to do. And we're so glad that you're with us on this journey. We're grateful for all of our guests who took time this season to sit down with us, find their episodes here in our podcast feed. If you loved it, rate and review it, share it with other people. We'll be back in a few weeks with a new series on the Mass and celebrating the Eucharist with the fullness of our hearts and the way that it should be. So we hope you subscribe so you don't miss any of those updates as they come out in the next few weeks. Thanks so much for being with us. Happy Easter from all of us at Ave Maria Press. We're so glad to be celebrating with you. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.